Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. I'm reading from John's Gospel, chapter 13, verses 31 to 35. When Judas had gone out, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. If God has been glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and will glorify him at once. Little children, I'm with you only a little longer. You will look at me, and as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. I give you another commandment, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. So let us pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Lord, bless my words, that they may be an inspiration to all of us today. Amen. Well, leading to today's beautiful passage from Revelation, we get a glimpse of the greatest story ever told. The story of God's great work of creation and redemption through Jesus Christ. The central character in this story, of course, is Jesus, and this story involves all in human history and everyone who has ever lived, including you and me, and those of our loved ones who have gone to glory, so to speak. The Apostle John was exiled to the island of Patmos and given visions from the Holy Spirit about heaven, the second coming of Christ, and the completion of the kingdom of God. John recorded these visions into what was known as the book of Revelation. Not easy to understand at times, and always debatable in Bible study sessions. But today's passage includes a vision of a real heaven and a new earth. What I believe are heartfelt words. Whatever our differences in the theology, we can be in tune together in these words in verse 4. God himself will wipe away every tear from our eyes and death will be no more. Mourning, crying and pain will be no more. What a wonderful picture that portrays. And at times when we hear the news of another natural disaster or a terrorist attack, the loss of a young, young person with cancer or a list of human suffering that is endless, we need this sense of hope, don't we? The vision of a new heaven and new earth set before the suffering in today's earth, in today's world, and an ending to suffering and pain. Yet it won't happen as a magic wand being waved over the world. We're all called to take this responsibility in developing that vision given to St John. If we accept within the power of the Holy Spirit 
God speaks to us, the church, and the whole of humanity today, if everyone could choose to listen to each other without judgment, our worldview could be changed. How? Well, if we could learn to love one another as Jesus commanded in his final teaching to his disciples on the evening before his sacrificial death on the cross, attitudes might warm towards opposing viewpoints. This is, this is the perfection we strive for and might seem impossible at times of deep sadness. The world is a big place and we are only small here in relation to its size, living and worshipping in this place and other places as well. But in unison, striving to work together, we can begin to change towards being a new earth because love is the key. In preparing this sermon, I was drawn to the words sung by George Ezra. Now, I hope some of you know George Ezra. Um, I'm not speaking from Dattenbury, so, <laughs> but he is a very popular singer now. And for those of you who don't know his music, he's a young man who expresses his feelings relevant to the culture he is growing up in. Now, George expresses, this is his words from the song. I'm not going to sing it. <laughs> now, this is him singing, right? Me and Sam talking. That must be his friend. He said, why, oh, why? What a terrible time to be alive if you're prone to overthinking. And why, oh, why? What a terrible time to be alive if you're prone to second-guessing. Am I losing touch? Am I, lo- am I losing touch? Don't we all need love? The answer is easy, don't we all need love? Concluding, hey, pretty smiling people, we're all right together. Yes, I believe we are all right together. If we could find more ways of understanding and tolerating each other's differences. This outlook expressed by a young man echoes the feelings of unrest felt throughout the world and certainly in our country at present in the political arena and loss of confidence generally in the system and you all know what I mean by saying that no doubt we were all right together if we stopped and looked at Jesus example of loving caring valuing friendship looking beyond our own interests in Jesus words Love one another as I have loved you. This is the so-called new commandment, which is the hallmark of Christian living. It is different from being together because of a common interest or friendship. However good it is to be a men's or ladies group, a home group, football or rugby club, quilting or flower arranging club, whatever. These are all good settings for meeting and chatting with others but we are able to, are we able, should I ask the question, are we able to inject our outreaching Christian faith to welcome the stranger, caring for people with whom we might otherwise have no natural contact or rapport? It's a challenge because we all like to meet with our friends. I recall wanting to join a choir 
It's an outlet from Karen from my mum. It's a few years ago, about three years ago, before she died. And she suffered with dementia a few years before she died. But the group wouldn't include me. And anyone who knows me will know that I can chat to anybody about anything. But they were very inclusive and very clicky. And you will know that from different places in your life, no doubt. And it, it wasn't a Christian group, but I, it was supposed to be support for carers. You can guess, I didn't stay. It's very sad because it's something I really wanted to do and it would have helped me at the time. But in a world that doesn't know God, or views the Christian faith as not relevant to life in the 21st century, it makes our calling even more important to look at our own attitudes that we might pick up from society around us from which we might need cleansing. Jesus' definition focuses on loving action rather than words. But in today's society, can speak of intimacy and material gain of some sort. Now, I haven't ever followed Jeremy Cowell's daily TV show, as I can't cope with all that aggressive talking. But now, recently, I think it was been a couple of months ago. I've been less than that. But there's no further recordings because of an outburst. It was really quite awful. But the length of the time of that show has been broadcast and it is an example of how easily aggressive, bullying, explosive behaviour inhabits our TV screens. And sadly for some people, this is how relationships should function. That's the only example they see and follow. Love is defined in our daily Christian living as following the example of Jesus in loving, caring expressions to build others up, not to knock down their self-esteem and not to knock the life out of them in words or bad behaviour. Jesus' definition of love to his disciples moved them on from the law that gave them strict instructions to follow on with an outward expression of love in respect and honour. This new covenant Jesus established through his death proclaimed during the Last Supper that he shared. It would bring him with it the new life in the Holy Spirit which enables fulfilling the law in a fresh way. Here, love is so amazing, so divine, from the hymn by Isaac Watts. Yet according to Jesus, this should be the norm for the Christian community. We need to be a loving community, says Jesus, not judgmental or divisive in our attitude. This is what Jesus said. We need to be the visible authentication of the gospel. Jesus places no limit on this demonstration, so all will recognise and know it. Unlike other associations which are based upon common interests or outlooks, the church is to be marked by an inclusiveness which echoes the appeal of Jesus. Is the church losing touch? It should be our belief and understanding of the gospel message that it doesn't lose touch 
I know there's lots of work going on here at Christchurch and other churches as well in the community to try and change that old-fashioned outlook of the church losing touch. Everyone is included in the love of God. No one is, should be left out. Jesus gives us a command to love one another. This kind of caring love helps us to grow together but isn't easy. With a diversity of personalities and attitudes in every church, we need to be aware of each other's differences and perhaps to find new ways to work together, praying for those situations that we find difficult. I don't believe that God will allow us to get set in our ways. In his plans, Christ has broken through the barrier of sin and death and through the Holy Spirit allows us to break into a new way of living, which continues into eternity. So, are we all right together? Amen. Let's have just a moment to think about those things. And I'll finish with a prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you that we are able to worship together and meet together to worship you and to pray for the world and for ourselves. We do pray for our outreach here in Downend and other places within this diocese and further beyond your name, Jesus, will be a name on people's lips, not as an old-fashioned word, but a word that brings change and goodness and love. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. amen.